0: away We want it been
1: to the smugglers galaxy podcast a toy collecting podcast for star wars mouth breathers everywhere i'm john waterhouse here your co-host along with fellow co-hosts glenn williams glenn how are you doing
2: i'm doing good my
1: man how about yourself doing fantabulous and justin haney with us another co-host on the program how you doing justin morning
0: gentlemen how are you doing today
1: Doing great, man. Doing great. Ready to talk some toys. Ready to talk Star Wars collecting. Same, same.
0: Let's go. Let's get into it.
1: (laughs) And we all know the Star Wars collecting world is vast. The options are really almost limitless. And out there in that galaxy, past the sought-after popular collectibles, in an outer rim of weirdness, there are some of the most odd Star Wars items in the universe. They do exist. This is not a myth. It's a reality. We've heard the stories and seen the pictures, and some of us even own some of these oddities ourselves. So that's the topic du jour on this week's Smuggler's Galaxy episode, Strange Star Wars Wars. Collectibles. So, guys, let's talk about some of the strangest Star Wars collectibles that you've ever heard about.
0: Man, there's just so much stuff out there, right? Back back in the day, you had the the wonky Ben Cooper costumes. You guys
2: remember those? The, the plastic trash bags with the mask that would cut your face all up. Oh, yeah. Those are great because, you know, those are, that's my childhood right there. Halloween, you get the, the little plastic, ma- you know, outfit that you sweat in. But yeah, there's you can't breathe and you got those horrible masks. And but they, those are cool because, you know, it's it's total 80s, you know, retro, right? There. Yeah, that's, that's n- nostalgia for sure.
1: Absolutely. And Justin, actually, that's how I believe we met is I was writing a story for StarWars.com about the Ben Cooper costumes for Halloween. And you have a few in your collection. Oh, man, John, that's
0: a that's a throwback right there. That's absolutely how we met, uh, for sure. Yeah, we've got a few of the, the Leia pieces in our collection. Yeah, yeah, you hit us up and did a great story for StarWars.com, for sure. And I think wasn't uh, other, the other member, uh, wasn't Blake involved in that as well?
1: Blake's collection of some of the masks, some of the rubber masks that he has in, in his own personal collection, he talked about those, a new Gunray mask and some other things. Yeah,
0: absolutely. That was super cool. That was a really, really good
1: article that was a lot of fun to write and fun to kind of dig deep in there and learn more about those costumes any other star wars weirdness that you guys have seen poking around in your collectible lives and your collecting lives
2: some of some of the weirdest stuff i've seen has come out of like the sigma line the uh, ceramic stuff that's come out that's they've got a uh, 3po that's he's got i got his legs spread and he's got a tape dispenser in between this is madness uh that's sort of become a uh a, a sought after item with the uh, sigma Collectible people. I've got a couple of those pieces, and the weirdest one I've got is three PO in, in a hoth turret. That's a music box, and, and you're looking at it going, why the heck would three PO be in a in a uh, hoth turret? You know, firing it away, but uh, and then it spins around and it plays a Star Wars theme. Pretty oddball. That's probably one of the odder pieces I've got because you just look at it and you're like, what were they thinking when they made that? Uh, there's also a uh, land speeder. That's a soap dish. And a snowspeeder that's that holds toothbrushes. So that whole line, all that whole Sigma line, is just is just crazy.
1: It's so funny that you mentioned that, Glenn, because that was really on the tip of my tongue. I was about to talk about that C three PO ceramic Sigma tape dispenser. I believe that it's going for around three hundred and fifty dollars on the collector's market.
0: Absolutely right. I, I saw one uh, last celebration. Uh, we were fortunate enough to get in before the show floors open and a dealer was setting up, put it out. And I think it was gone within 30 seconds, right about that price, three, three fifty, something like that.
1: That's so wild. That's so wild. Anything else that you guys have seen through your, you know, hunting and through poking around, let's go, let's kind of run the, the gamut here.
0: There's a, uh, there's a modern piece. Well, I call it modern episode one piece. Did, did you guys ever see the Jar Jar lollipop thing? Where his mouth opens and then a lollipop pops out like his tongue. It's
1: absolutely bonkers. I never saw that, Justin. That sounds crazy.
0: Yeah, I can't believe they marketed it to kids. It's uh, it's absolutely insane. It's a wild piece. Yeah, just search Jar Jar Lollipop and, and that thing will pop up and it's haunting. <laughs> it's terrifying.
1: Now, that kind of reminds me of a very odd piece that I own, which is a Jar Jar automatic, or I'm sorry, battery operated Pez dispenser, where he's basically at Moss Espa at like a booth. And he, his tongue comes out and he passes along a piece of Pez. It kind of uh, drops out and, and lands on his tongue and he passes it along there, something like that. I haven't, fiddled with it in quite some time, but it is really weird. Have you guys seen that one?
0: There seems to be a theme
2: of fascination with Jar Jar's tongue in some marketing department somewhere. Right. I was actually going to go there next with the, with the Jar Jar, uh, with that, that item. But yeah, Jar Jar definitely has some, had some oddball stuff, uh, you know, back in the day. Plus, you know, it was the nineties and they were getting us for every dollar they could. Absolutely, man. Gosh,
1: they were cranking out everything. And I was going to mention something that I actually own. Speaking of the 90s, speaking of Phantom Menace, and speaking of some of the crazy things that they were cranking out, I had to grab this when I saw it hanging on a rack, and that was a Jedi rat tail, a Padawan rat tail. They were selling those, and I still have mine, and I, I have it. Basically opened enough to pull it out and put it on if I ever want to, but it is, it is bizarre. It's like fake hair? Yeah, it's, it's basically that Padawan rat tail that they wear in, in uh, the prequel films.
2: Oh, wow. There you go, back in the 90s, man. Anything, anything
1: they could to sell Star Wars, man. Another item that I have is from an artist called Artist Bucket, and uh, the name of this piece of art, it is a poster, and it's called Dropping a Bounty. And it is Boba Fett on the can.
2: What if he doesn't survive?
1: Basically, Boba Fett is on the can. He's got his pants pulled down, and you see his polka dot undies. He's reading a book, and basically the the image of Carrie Fisher in Slave Leia attire from the cover of Rolling Stone is framed and hanging on Boba's bathroom wall.
2: Oh, wow. That, that piece sounds amazing. Uh, <laughs> I'm looking it up. Oh, my goodness. that That's awesome. I just looked it up. Yeah, there it is. There's there's Carrie Fisher in the uh, slave lay outfit. That's an amazing piece. And as a Boba Fett collector... I probably need to pick that up, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, if you want to go art, my wife actually there was a piece that she actually talked about getting for Blake, and she just never she never pulled the trigger on it, and then it sold, but it was like an original folk art piece, basically C three PO. Almost Burt Reynolds style, a guy in underwear with a six pack and with a C-3PO helmet. It was just the weirdest looking photo. And she, you know, like I said, she she looked at it for about six months. And then by the time she pulled, wanted to pull the trigger on it, it was gone. And, it, you know, it was like 80s odd ball. Oh, my God, I can't believe somebody did that to C-3PO picture. July C-3PO was a sex figure, sexual figure? These aren't the droids we're looking for. And that was that painting. I'm, I'm not sure I want to do that. <laughs> <laughs> it was scary, man. It was very
0: scary. John, to bring it, you, you mentioned uh, a slave Leia, Carrie Fisher in, in the piece you, the art piece you were talking about. That reminds me, I, I've got some just wild Carrie Fisher stuff. Um, as we all know, she passed back in 2016. Uh, unfortunately her mother passed the very next day and then her brother did an estate auction. Um, you know, a little while later. And I was able to pick up some really neat pieces that are oddball stuff from that. Uh, I got a shot glass that says praise the Lord spelled L O U R D E for Billy Lord. It's a shot glass from her 21st birthday. So that's a pretty unique piece I got in the collection and something I've shared a lot on various pages and in groups. And it's probably my favorite piece is the Carrie DeMilo. Carrie Fisher had these statues commissioned. They're about 12 inch statues on like a marble base and she gave them out to friends and family. And I was lucky enough to win the piece that lived on her desk, she stayed on her desk. Um, I guess she, she made those in like the 80s. So stayed on her desk until the day she died. So those are some pretty oddball Carrie Fisher, unique things in the collection. But pieces I absolutely love.
1: Yeah, those are fantastic. You know, I've seen those, seen pictures of those in your collection, Justin, and just quite amazing. So what was it like participating in an online auction Conducted by Todd Fisher, Carrie's brother. You know, there's a
0: lot surrounding that auction. Uh, a lot of things took place. I actually um, got called out by Todd Fisher uh, online and that ended up um, with a phone call from him uh, kind of scolding me. But, you know, it, it wasn't necessarily uh, all my fault. There, there were some pieces that were sent out to AFA that said they came from Carrie Fisher's collection. So they were, had an, uh, you know, graded, Put in an acrylic case and had an AFA label. And at the bottom, it said personal collection of Carrie Fisher. Well, come to find out, those items were purchased at an auction after Carrie passed by someone with the Fisher family. Um, so, AFA, before they ever mailed them back out, they took them back out of the case, graded them removed the part that they came from the personal collection of Carrie Fisher and sent them back and they were pulled from the auction. They were actually listed on the auction website in the auction catalog, I believe, and then later pulled. Interesting little story, uh, you know, <laughs> got, a, got a, a
1: talking to from, from Todd Fisher. <laughs> and I believe that also leads to some really interesting figures that you purchased in that auction that are basically one of a kind, if I'm not mistaken.
0: Yeah, that's, that's absolutely right. So a piece I've never shared, and once this thing, uh, this podcast goes live, I'll um, sh- share some photos on our page. So this piece was listed without any photos. I had no idea what I was buying. It was just a brief description. It said, Carrie Fisher prototype action figures. I called the, the, the auction house, asked for photos. They never sent me anything. They told me they would send them. They just never got around to it. So I picked this up fairly cheap because nobody knew what it was. And it, and it arrives, and this is the first thing, you know, I'm opening the box and it's the first time I've ever seen it. And essentially it was a fan made pitch piece to Carrie Fisher for a Carrie Fisher action figure. So not a Leia action figure. This was, it came with a base, base figure, base female sculpted figure, and then outfits from various films she'd been in. So blues brothers and 30 rock Jane silent Bob strikes back as the nun. And I mean, just, and it's meticulous. Handmade costumes, accessories came with a, uh, you know, her dog Gary as well had accessories for him, just all kinds of cool stuff. And and, I mean, I think it's about 15 to 20 pages. It's got full directions. There were uh, various arms and legs and and different things so you could pose the figure differently. I was just blown away. And I actually, in one of the um, instructions, it, it had the lady's name listed. So I actually tracked her down. And offered to sell it back to her. I figured she probably didn't know that, you know, this was put up in the estate. And uh, she's a professor at at a university, I won't mention. And uh, she got on to me. She was so pissed that I owned it, thought that it would – she she specifically said this was for Carrie's eyes only – Threatened to sue me legal action if I didn't send it to her for free. She finally came around after like a month or two. She messaged me and said, You know, I'm sorry, I, you know, I went a little crazy. I don't, I, I offered to sell it to her at the exact price I paid for it. And she finally came around and said, You know, I'm glad it's in a collector's hands and somebody's going to cherish it now as opposed to just, you know, being thrown away or whatever. So, interesting little piece I picked up.
1: What a great story. That's awesome. And and speaking of people getting pissed off, I know uh, in these action figures, not only did did this uh, artist create a Carrie action figure, a Carrie Fisher action figure, but also her mother, Debbie Reynolds, had her own figure.
0: She did, yeah, and unfortunately, that wasn't included, and Todd and I got on better terms. (laughs) So I reached out to him and said, hey, I picked this lot up. Did you find any of these other pieces around? I actually didn't get the Carrie doll, per se. I just got all the accessories. So I reached out to see if he had found the doll or found the Debbie Reynolds piece. And, uh, you know, he said he'd reach out if they ever found it. But, you know, I haven't heard anything back yet.
1: Gotcha. Gotcha. Well, guys, to talk about some more odd items, some really strange Star Wars items out there. A few others that I found the space slug oven mitt. I actually own that. You do. Okay. I I believe that was a celebration exclusive. It was. I, I, I do. I do not know. I think, I think it was,
0: it was either that or a, um, loot crate exclusive. I can't remember, but, uh, yeah, we, we have that piece never used it. It's probably in a box
1: somewhere, but, uh, cool (laughs) piece. Now kind of going along with that same theme, I have a severed Wampa hand ice scraper that you use on the, on your car windshield. All right. You're going to have to explain that a little bit more for me. So basically it's the severed wampa hand. It's like a big glove. It's a big furry severed wampa hand. It actually has red at the bottom to denote the blood and where the claws are is actually the ice scraper portion, like underneath, kind of at the bottom on the uh, bottom hand side of the, of the glove. So you're, you basically put on this wampa hand and scrape the ice off your car.
2: Wow. That's
0: fantastic. (laughs)
1: Yes, I got. I got to give it to my mother-in-law. God rest her soul. She gave that to me one holiday season for Christmas, and it just it you know it floored me. It was incredible. Um, some other strange items. We got to thank thank Geek for putting this stuff out. Has anyone seen the Admiral Akbar singing bass? Uh, what?
0: <laughs> no. Oh was that God. an April Fool's joke, or did that actually go into production?
1: You know, I've done a little bit of research. And it looks like it did go in production. There is a, a video out there. All, all you out there in, in uh, podcast land can find this online. It was the Star Wars Admiral Akbar singing bass from Thank Geek. It may have been an April Fool's joke. I'm not sure. But go check out the video. It does exist. There's also. Okay, now- let me interrupt
0: you real quick. What
1: does he sing? I'm not sure. I know that, you know, that big mouth Billy Bass saying, like, don't worry, be happy and things like that. So I I don't know. I I think he's basically saying, "Okay, here's what it says. It says that he flaps his tail to the cantina song and periodically turns his head and shouts. Of course, it's a trap.
0: Okay, there we go. That had to be included, right? (laughs) That's great. I'd have to track that one
1: down. I know. Wouldn't that be awesome? And also there's a Princess Leia bearded dragon costume for all of you bearded dragon owners out there. Um, the Star Wars Petco line included this, I believe. Um, if you know, just in case you wanted to dress your bearded dragon up like Princess Leia. Hey,
0: we dress oh. my dog up like Princess Leia all the time.
1: <laughs> there's also a Darth Vader head. I think adapt- I've seen
0: that. that's fairly uh, recent.
1: Yeah, yeah, that that's fairly recent. And I believe there's also a, a an Adat at cat condo. It's called the Cat-AT Walker. A cat condo shaped like an Adat. at
0: Well, that marketing person needs a raise. <laughs> right. <laughs>
1: the Cat-AT. Love it. And has anybody seen the R2-D2 Aquarium?
2: I, I've seen an ultra R2-D2 uh, D, or a humidifier, but I haven't seen the aquarium.
1: There's an aquarium. I believe it came out... Uh, during the uh, attack of the clones era if i'm not mistaken but you could put fish in r2d2 and on his front you can see the fish swim around it's an r2d2 aquarium and there is speaking of humidifiers i did find a darth vader humidifier well that
0: makes sense right
1: (laughs) (laughs) so lots of crazy stuff out there wow i just can't believe it So is there anything else you guys would like to share as far as oddball Star Wars collectibles go?
2: It's all over the place, man, because you you do. Like you said, you mentioned Think Geek, and they're running all kinds of crazy stuff. And you got all the pet stuff from Petco, because, I I mean, if I need stuff for my pets, that's the first place I go is is Star Wars stuff. Because both of my my dogs, actually, all my animals have Star Wars names, and all of them have Star Wars leashes. And we go walking, and people are like, I guess you like Star Wars. So, but yeah, it's a, it's all over the place, man. I, I picked up an item, a bootleg from Mexico, and it's a the weirdest thing. I just had to buy it. It's it looks like it's Lando dressed up as Boba Fett, and it, it's a Boba Fett with a Lando head, and then he's got his arms spread out with wings. And it, it's you. I had to buy it just because it was so. So odd. I'm also looking. I've got a Frito-Lay display from the 90s. It's got Jar Jar on it. From It's actually episode one, and it's got Jar Jar on it. And I have no clue why. The only reason I think I have it is because my daughter sent it to me, and it was like five bucks. And I was like, for five bucks, I, I can't say no. But it you know, it looks like it was never used. And there's the freaking kid playing Jar Jar with Jar Jar on it. So that's pretty oddball. And
1: we need to do an entire episode on crazy bootlegs. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I
2: was,
0: I was about to say, Glenn, I think I was there when you purchased that Bobo Lando flying winged thing, whatever it is. <laughs> yeah. um, I mean, we could go on and on about bootlegs. I mean, there's just so much wacky stuff out there and highly, highly collectible these days, you know, uh, more and more stuff keeps turning up and. Prices keep climbing, unfortunately.
1: Anything else you guys would like to add to our odd Star Wars topic before we move along? I'm good here, man. Yeah, I'm good. So guys, of course, the, uh, we just experienced an anniversary, of quite a, a sad anniversary, the passing of of Peter Mayhew just a year ago. Would you all like to share some of your favorite Chewbacca collectibles? I know, Glenn, you mentioned that your wife is a Chewbacca collector. <laughs> oh,
2: yeah, she is. That's one of her favorite characters is Chewbacca. She likes that and the Adats, and, of course, the Ewoks because what girl doesn't love Ewoks? But, uh, you know, as far as Chewbacca collectibles, one of my one of my favorite stories or just you know, Hey, I picked this piece up for crazy cheap is we were down in uh, Orlando uh, visiting my son a few years ago. And I'm just like, I do every time you're looking through Facebook, you're looking through offer up. And this lady just had a lot of stuffed animals and she was selling them for super dirt cheap. And we picked up one of the, I guess it's a 12 or 18 inch Chewbacca from the 70s. Uh, for like 20 bucks in this lot of stuff. So that, that to me is, is my favorite pickup from marketplace as far as Chewbacca goes, but pick, uh, almost a baby Chewbacca that's hanging up in the hallway. We picked up from Disney and um, yeah, if it, it it's pretty much like me and Boba Fett. If it has Chewbacca on it, she's going to buy it. Yeah, I, I you know, if, if you want me to share a Peter Mayhew story, I've actually met him right before Force Awakens came out at Dragon Con. We were just walking through, and, you know, it, he had a little bit of a line, but it wasn't too, too bad. It was enough to where he could spend, you know, 10 or 15 minutes with you. And, uh, you know, my wife was like, hey, let's let's do it. And it was it was cheap. It was like 40 bucks to get his autograph, which you know, for a star Wars person, you're looking at it now going, it's only, you know, only 40 bucks, but we got to spend about 10 or 15 minutes with them. Just, you know, basically shooting the shit about, uh, star Wars. And I'm like, Hey man, is there anything I, you could tell me about the, you know, force awakens about the new movie. And he goes, I can, but I'd have to kill you. And, 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 you know, it was, it was that kind of interaction and it just, you know, it, it, You just tell he was in a good mood and he was feeling good and his handler was in a good mood and, you know, then he shakes your hand and then it's like a baseball mitt. Yeah. And it was just it was just a really, really cool time to, to share that moment with with Peter.
1: That's awesome. And that leads to to my favorite Chewbacca collectible. I actually had the opportunity to interview Peter to promote his Dragon Con appearance for the Atlanta newspaper. And so when the article came out, it included this great photo of Han and Chewie when they come aboard the Millennium Falcon in The Force Awakens and the Chewie were home line. So basically, that's that's the lead photo of this article. It was the front page of the entertainment section of the paper. So I brought that to DragonCon because of course I did the interview in advance of Dragon Con. I, I bring it there and uh, I gave it to his handler, you know, gave gave a copy to, to Peter and the handler said, you know, do you have an extra one of these? And and I, I gave him the extra one and, and he ended up bringing it back to me and Peter signed it to me. So I have that, an actual uh, article that I wrote signed, by Peter. The article is about him. So that's really close to my heart. Uh, Justin, what's your favorite Chewbacca collectible?
0: My dog passed. I talked about my dog earlier. Our dog did pass from, from cancer, which is unfortunate. And, and right after that happened, I picked up a Chewbacca 12 back. Uh, and on card, it's not the most beautiful thing. It's not graded, but uh, it, it kind of meant something to me. It was a piece I needed for that 12 back run. And I think that ne- that weekend uh, one popped up for a pretty reasonable price. So that, that's probably the most special Chewbacca piece in my collection. How, however, one of my best friends, uh, as as you guys know, but the listeners might not, I, my wife and I cosplay Han and Leia uh, at Dragon Con every year. You know, Jen and I are running around as as Han and Leia. And then my buddy's always joked and referred to himself as my co-pilot, my Wookiee. You know, he's kind of like our handler when we're, when we're in costume. So I've actually spent the last few years... Curating a collection of Chewbacca items for him. If I see a good piece that's at a reasonable price, I'll pick it up, gift it to him for birthdays or Christmases or honestly just whenever, just kind of surprise him with something. So that's Chewbacca's kind of special moment with me is, is it's got something between me and one of my good friends, you know, and I, I still get to collect and make deals and feed that itch. And then he gets cool stuff for his collection.
1: Well, of course, Chewbacca, a special character, but even more special, Peter Mayhew rest your soul, Peter, rest in peace out there, man. What an impact that this guy had on our lives. Yeah, exactly. absolutely.
0: I mean, I, I remember just growing up going to Dragon Con when I was a kid and, and I mean, he was there every year and I saw him every year and, you know, get his autograph or take a photo or this, that, or the other, man, he was just so gracious, special human
1: right there for sure. Well, guys, I think that about does it for this installment of smugglers galaxy. What a blast talking about all these strange and oddball Star Wars collectibles. And we got to hit the bootlegs one of these days and talk about all the wild, wacky, and weird bootleg Star Wars items out there. I've got a few in my collection. I know you guys do too. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. And before we go, we're going to leave you with a little snippet of my interview with the late, great Peter Mayhew, which took place just before the release of Star Wars The Force Awakens. We'll see you next time on Smuggler's Galaxy. Of course, countless people collect Star Wars memorabilia. Do you collect anything yourself? Do you collect anything? Do you have a particular uh, genre that you enjoy collecting in?
2: Yeah, I like (laughs) Wookiees. You collect Wookiees? Well, I collect (laughs) Wookiees. And there's some surprising, wonderful Wookiees that have been made by the fans from about three inches high up to two and a half feet high. And they usually say, oh, no, this is for you. Please take it. Because they've heard about the museum that we have established over the years. And they say, thank you. Thank you for what you did. me. me. here's what I want to give you. You have to take it and say thank you and that is the way we appreciate their fandom